0: I'm really excited. We we're done with this series. More than minor, it was good while it lasted. I've got some good content coming for you over the next four weeks. We're doing a series called Sticks and Stones, and it's uncovering the power of words. And uh, next week, we're so this week we're going to talk a little bit about the, the the power of the words that we speak. Um, next week we're going to talk about the words that um, the power of the words that have been spoken over us. And uh, we're going to talk about the power of, of words that we speak over others. And so it's going to have a lot of powerful dynamics. It's going to touch on a lot of places that not all of us are comfortable with. And, uh, but I'm really excited about it. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be reading largely out of the book of James, chapter 3, as he uncovers all of this. James uh, wrote to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Uh, it's kind of neat when you think about that because that's, Really what's happened in in our country is people have been scattered and uh, having a hard time getting together. I'm thankful for the team that puts us on the world wide web. So all of you guys watching right now, we love you. You can say something in the chat if you want to about how beautiful I am without any hair. (laughs) Pastor Tim, your hair just, there's a glare. Yeah, I know. I don't have a makeup team yet. Here, we gotta go. Um, James chapter three um so we're going to get into this but before I do I just want to back up for a second uh, as James is really the whole chapter three is going to address the power of words and we're going to talk about that. But in chapter one, he's going to say something that's going to be pretty intense. And uh, really this series kind of kind of cemented to me as I was having a conversation with some people that attend our church as we were doing the series more than minor and, and making sure people were worshiping in the altar and really going hard after God. And uh, someone was, I was having a conversation with someone within our community about them talking about how they had this interaction with someone. And they said some pretty harsh things and it, and it may have landed kind of hard, but that was kind of on them. And, uh, and I realized that, um, in, as Christians, uh, we maybe don't recognize our assignment in being believers, recognizing that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation and the words that we have, have crazy responsibility because of who lives within us yeah. that have words that speak life. And uh, to, to think that the words that we say could ever just be whatever, I present this wonderful idea to you from uh, my man James in chapter 1, verse 26. He says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. This is one of those messages where if you want to put your toes in, uh, you can do that. Uh, it's just harsh, man. I mean, like to think that like, we, could, we have the liberty to say whatever we want is foolish uh, because there is a creator and a loving God inside of you that you represent, and he is trying to use you to reach others. And so to be able to just say whatever we want means that what's, all of this stuff that we're doing here and here and all the other things we do is, is pretty much worthless, I even hate that word. It sounds so harsh. It just means that we have a lot of work to do. I want to remind you that Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, I love this verse. It was the first sermon I ever preached. Uh, and I remember it, Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4. Uh, and he says that out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth will speak. And so there's this powerful thing that has to come out of us where people are supposed to know our worship. They're supposed to know our love for God. They're supposed to know our love for them, because it's happening in here, or at least I hope it is. And we're going to try to jump into this today. As we read the book of James, he would start off with this. Let me pray real quick. Hey, Jesus, definitely need your help with this one. I'm I'm using words, and um, you have to master them. So, Jesus, help. Amen. James chapter 3, verse 2. I don't have this on the prompter for you. He says, but we all stumble in many ways, but if anyone if anyone is never at fault in what he says, then he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. I check this out in just about every major translation I could find, every Bible I could find. It says that if you can bridle your tongue, you're perfect. So what he's really trying to say, my man James here, is that all of you are not where you need to be. You haven't got to perfection just yet. So this is a message for all of us. He's using a little bit of uh, sarcasm here in this verse, I think. And so um, I just want you to know that um, the idea and the concept of discipleship, which is the mission of our church to make people like Jesus, that we would become followers of Jesus, that we would become like him means that you've got some work to do. And the moment you stop training, The moment you stop working on the area that you need to perfect, it's the moment you stop growing. So today we are bridling our tongues as a community. We're going to get this thing down right here. Uh, So as I read the book of James, I came out with three facts that I can't help but see. I just see him trying to say this to us and I believe it's so powerful I'm going to read these verses to you. Verse 3, the first point that I believe James is trying to say is that my words will determine my direction. I see it so clearly here. I don't know if you believe this principle, but James is telling you, and the word of the Lord is speaking over your life, that if you don't believe this, you should And I'm going to show it to you as clear as day. This is what James is saying. Your words determine your direction. He says, we can control very large horses by putting a small bit into their mouths. By controlling their mouth, we can turn the whole animal whatever direction we want it to go. Or take ships as example. A tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go. And even though the winds are strong, and I just think about that, even though strong winds are pushing against that ship, the rudder will determine the direction it's going in. You may not see it, man, but I'm a a coach when I'm I'm not here. like I, I, I work with kids, and I can see it so clearly in the life of kids, some teachers that are here. Maybe you see it so clearly when you're working with kids. It's hard to see it over our own life, but when you're working with other people, maybe you have coworkers that are super negative. When people put it in their brain that they can't, it's one thing, but when they speak it out of their mouth, they determine the course of their life. When you believe that you are not capable or won't, you never will, and you condemn your life to broken areas. I could never have that job. Congratulations. You just put it into perspective. See, I know that we believe in the power of life and death that comes from our mouth, but we seldom believe in the power of life. But if nothing else then recognize the destruction that can be created even by you believing what you can or cannot do in your own life based on what you're speaking, what your marriage will never be, what will never accomplish, what amount of money you'll never get to, what career path you'll never have, what your relationship will never look like, what ministry you'll never have. If you believe you will never, you will never. But your life is being directed by what's going on here. And you have to be careful of what you're choosing to see based on what you're choosing to create as your path for your life. This is the scripture speaking over your life. It's not my opinion. But some of us are condemning ourselves, literally handcuffing ourselves to situations in our life. I'm going to continue. I'm going to show it to you in, 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 in the book of Numbers, Then the 12 spies went out and they were looking for the promise that God had given them. Let me make sure you understand this. Because you are looking for a promise that God has for your life. And you have so much potential. But many of us will look at the promise of God and limit ourselves to what we think we cannot do or are capable of or are worth having. And so as the 12 spies went out and looked at the promised land, They recognized that it was so good. So many great things were there. But the 12 went out, and the majority of them just simply did not believe that they were capable of receiving what God had planned for them. Maybe it was because the work they didn't think they were capable of doing, or or they didn't think they were capable of coming up with a strategy good enough to overcome. But if God wants you to have something, why would you speak against it? And I think that there are good things that God wants us to have that we set against based on the power of our words. I have to keep going here. Let me show you. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are all well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And I just want you to know that, like, you have power in your words. So, what ended up happening, praise God, is the two that saw what God wanted them to see. See, he, we are faith people. And so, we have to believe in what we cannot see. We are people that believe in the resurrection of Jesus. We hope against all odds. We believe that if God is for us, then who can be against us? We have to commit our heart to the things that seem difficult. Because he wants us to have these things. Your life is being controlled by your words. What words are you speaking that have life in it? Man, I hope this lands... For the sake of the kingdom of heaven in Lakeland, Florida, I hope this lands. For the sake of the call of God that's on your life, I hope this lands. The second thing that I see very clearly in this passage uh, that James is presenting is that our words can destroy the things that I have. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's so clear, the destruction that he's trying to alert us with, the power of life and death, or in the power of our our tongue. Watch this. So in verse 5, the very next verse, he's going to say this. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person and sets the course of life on fire, and it itself is set on fire by hell. I think, okay, several things that jump out at me about this passage. First of all, I think of the wonderful transaction that happens with Peter and Jesus when Jesus speaks over Peter, his potential and his destiny, right? And he says, Simon, Simon, you are a rock, in whom I will build my church and the gates of hell would not prevail against you. And then Jesus would go on to say that he's going to have to go away and he's trying to establish Peter in this position. So he says, hey, Peter, I'm going to suffer. You're going to thrive. And Peter says, no, Lord, it it cannot be so. And so he's almost condemning the reality that God is speaking to Peter and Jesus has to rebuke Peter in this story, you know, and he says, hey, look, like, Satan, get behind me. Our words have the power to even tell people what they're not supposed to do in their life. Like, oh, no, no, you should not do that. How? Be careful before we speak telling people what they should or should not do or what God's calling them to do because it can be set on fire by hell. But I'm thinking about this, and he says, like, how a spark could set a whole forest on fire this literally just happened last year in California. I don't know if you read the news. The, the, one of the biggest fires in California history last year and again this year. Well, last year, it, there was a fire that literally thousands and thousands and thousands of acres were burned because of a spark from actually just smoke on dry kindle. From a gender reveal party. They did one of those things that, you know, go off and it's cool smoke and it's boy and everything's wonderful. Thousands and thousands of things were destroyed. I wonder. Some of us have a hard time believing what God says you're capable of. You know, like we have a hard time seeing the things that we could do with our words. Could you see the potential of destruction that could come from your mouth if you can't see the potential of life? Can you see the reality of what we could do to a ministry with negative words? Oof, this church will never do that. We could never accomplish that. Debbie Downer, just silence and go to that. That's my favorite SNL skit, is the Debbie Downer skit. If you ever know. (laughs) Womp, womp, womp. I have to keep going here. But I think of the potential to destroy a marriage with the words that we use. A potential to destroy unity in a small group or in a fellowship or at work. The, uh, the ability to destroy. He's talking about how one word could set a whole forest on fire and create massive destruction. What the potential that a word can do that can be harmful to someone. Friends, the, the scripture is going to be clear. These words that we have, we're going to give account for And we must think about these things before. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 19 would say this, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible keep your mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe that was just for me, but I like it when the scripture is just clear what God wants for us. Just shut up. Just, Just don't just don't say it. You, you can be right and be wrong at the same time, Jack. Let me just tell you right now. And some of us just need to learn. Just just don't just don't d- delete. <laughs> delete. Don't send it. Don't say it. Don't do it. Don't go there. Because you, you can't take back those things. You have the power to destroy. And I so I just think if we have the power to destroy with speaking, and we should silence our words, how many times before we speak what we know to be true are we praying? Like, are you praying for your partner? Are you praying for your pastors, your connect group leaders, your serve team leaders? Are you praying for your boss at work? Are you praying? I know that you know everything that they do wrong because you get to see their blind spot. It's the way leadership is. They walk in front of us and we walk behind them. And so we see everything that smells about them when we're downwind. But are you praying for these people to build them up, to see the God given potential that's on their life and the things that God wants to accomplish through them? Because if you're not careful, you could do a lot of destruction in that area that God has called you to be light in. Hmm. The third thing I I know that I see in the book of James here in in this passage, I'm going to go to verse 9, I'm going to skip down to verse 9, and it says this. With the tongue, I want you to know that the words always reveal your heart. That, that, what's coming out is going to determine what's going on inside. That's what this says. Not my opinion, it's what I see. You may see something different, but check it out. With the tongue, we praise our God and Father, and with it, we curse human beings. Ouch. Who have been made in God's likeness ouch, 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 right? What happens when we're not seeing what he's seeing? Uh, Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be so. And I, I just want my heart to connect with God in a way that I feel what he feels and I see what he sees and I say, what he wants to say. Do we speak over people what we believe God is trying to get out of them? Uh, There was an old, uh, one of the, my favorite, I don't know why, but there's only like in my life, I've heard like a gazillion sermons. I remember like six. It's probably the same as all of y'all and uh, you're probably going to forget this message. But I remember a pastor, uh, he, he, he spent weeks, uh, he, he got water and he filled it in this jug and he kept putting more and more in it because he didn't want to fill it with water and then this, this case explode. But he brought this massive block of ice and he was explaining to us what an artist or a creator does when they're doing what they're doing. And when they look at this block of ice, many of us will just see a block of ice. But when they look at it, they see what's inside it and what they're trying to get out of it. They, they, you know, they, I see Thor in there with a hammer and his long hair and his, you know, his tights or whatever <laughs> Thor wears. I don't know. But, but they, they're, they're going to create something magnificent out of this block of ice. And if you're not careful, you can just look at it and call it what it is. But that's not what the Lord does. He calls things that are not as though they were. He's trying to bring our God-given potential out of us. And it's our job to partner with him and see the potential, not the reality. The next verse, verse 11, he says, Can both, this is why my words always reveal my heart. Can, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives, or a grapevine, bear figs. Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. I love that. You can't speak life and curse at the same time. Oh, but I, but I'm really good at the praise part, you know? I'm just, you know, no, Tim, you gotta, you gotta get this right if you're gonna be my messenger. This is landing on my heart today. I don't know if it's landing on yours. Um, the real problem isn't my tongue, though. It's my heart. So, 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 so how, how, what do we do? Well, watch this. In verse 7, James chapter 3, verse 7, he's going to explain it. All kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But watch this. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil and full of deadly poison. Did you catch that? No human being can tame the tongue, but the Lord can. And, and this is how he does it. He doesn't change this. He wants to change this. Yeah. And if you change this, then what comes out of here is always going to be different. When you actually, it's going to be really hard for you to endure saying good things about your boss or your spouse, or your leader, or the people that you know are wrong, or the people on, 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 face, on the Facebook, you know? Mm-hmm. But when you change this, the way you see them, and the way you feel about them, and the way, the way you, what you want to see happen in their life changes. And now it's easier to say what you know is awesome about them because you love them, which is our <laughs> calling all along, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Uh, maybe we're missing the second great commandment on our lives. Cool. Check this out. No human being can tame the tongue, but the Lord can. I'm going to take you really quick. I've got to, I've got to zip this along. So I'm going to speed this up a little bit. Try to stay with me as I get fast. I can be weird. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Jesus says this, this is Jesus. He's talking to Pharisees. He's talking to people who believe they are Christian. They're followers of the They're not Christian, but they're, 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 they are leaders. They know. I, I know. I know, Pastor Tim. Great. You brood of snakes. <laughs> Super nice, Jesus. Is. He's coming right for you. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. And I tell you this, you must, you must, you will give an account on the day of judgment for every idle word you speak. Ouch. A tree is, just, is, is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. And so I just think about Psalms 19, verse 14. He says, let the meditation then of my heart, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, my God and my Redeemer. And so what I realize is that in order for me to get this fixed, I've got to change this. The only way that I can change this is by sitting time with Jesus, allowing myself to look more like him. When we live fast pace, we don't make time to be with Jesus, so we get faster. And, and we don't mean to be faster, but I want you to know, being at church doesn't make you any more Christian than, than a car sitting in the garage, right? And so I'm thankful that we worship here, but what you need to know is you're going to need time with Jesus to change this. Otherwise, you keep speeding up and get life getting faster, you're going to shortcut the people in your life, and they're going to feel it. The fruit is going to change because it's not getting the nutrients it needs. When this thing stops getting the nutrients it needs, the fruit stops turning bad. It gets yucky on people that you want it to bless, and now you've cursed. You feel this? This good? I feel like it was it was good for me when I heard it over me today. Number there's three things that I want you to know before we go. I have to go quick. Here we go. If there's three things in James that I want that I saw, there's three things that I need you to hear. One, if you are going to change this, I need you to first allow God to change your heart. Hebrews chapter eight verse ten through twelve says this: This is the covenant that I will establish with my people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people, and no longer will I teach. Uh, will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, "Know the Lord," because they will all know me. Um, from, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. I just want you to know that one of the best ways that you can begin to change this is, is the more that you know you're doing wrong, what's so healthy for us as believers is to have conviction that we welcome wrong. When I say it, I want to know I was wrong right away. And I don't know about you, but I mostly can tell that when I'm a dog with fleas. And the Holy Spirit will go, that, that was really good what you just did there. That was, you told them. And now I'm going to have to spend days fixing what you just did. Good job, Tim. You were so right. How's it feel? And, and what I do in those moments then as I go to the Lord and I begin to, to talk. And I just want you to know how we change this. Watch this. If you didn't hear nothing else, get this. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. So when this gets cleansed, it starts getting all the nutrients that it needs. Friends, church. One of the things that's really hard for me about being amongst believers is we forget to do the elementary things. Like We think that only a new believer should confess their sins. Where do we graduate from the basics of Christianity that are crucial for us to maintain righteousness? The only way you're going to be righteous is by confessing your unrighteousness and allowing his righteousness to come upon you. This is crucial to us as a believer. Don't stop confessing. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God. The second thing, one, allow God to change your heart. second thing you need to know is put a filter on what goes into your heart. I have to go quickly. You have to to know that some of the things you're looking at and some of the things you're thinking about throughout the day is going to affect what comes out of your mouth. Let me show you just real quick. He says, for out of the overflow of our heart, our mouth speaks. The good man brings the good things out of the good things stored up within him, and the evil man brings out the evil things. So I I care about what's going in, what kind of nutrients are going in, because that's going to determine what's coming out. Watch this. Some of the things you watch on television, whether you realize it or not, when you're watching things, you're meditating on it. And by choosing to watch it, you're choosing to celebrate that. So don't be surprised if those very actions and those very words and those very characters come out. The other thing is I'm thinking about, as sometimes, I don't know about you, but I, I daydream. Are anyone else daydreamers? I, sometimes I'll daydream about situations that happen as I, I, I think about telling someone maybe how wrong they are. I don't know if anyone else ever does this, but I think that all of us do this. We're, 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 we're helping someone understand the light by, by telling them. What happens is we can paint them in a bad light in our mind and then that becomes our reality in that relationship. When you meditate on who or what they did wrong, that now becomes the relationship that you see. You don't see them as God saw them. You see them as you dreamt them, as you told them. And that's why it's important to stop and cut that thought off and to begin to pray and confess over them who God sees in them. And it retrains your brain, and it retrains your heart, and it allows righteousness to take over. And this is how we influence with our words and when we speak life. You with me? Cool. The third thing I think I need you to try, one, allow God to change your heart, two, put a filter on what goes on in your heart, and the third thing, decide to speak words of life now there are some people within us that are not very verbal but that don't mean that you're not called to be edifying i love people that speak um less because they mostly just speak truth but it's important that there are words of life that are coming from us. Now, I don't have a whole lot of time, so I'm just going to try to throw some at you that I believe would be good for you to lock down and say, I'm going to get better at that. I'm going to champion that this week. If you're training to be a disciple of Jesus, I believe that you should find these types of words coming from your mouth this week. Is this good? Cool. Words of affection. I think that people in your life should know that you love them. They, they shouldn't know it they should hear it from you people in your life should should hear words of praise from you praise to the lord and praise for the things that they did that you did not do celebrate what they did well recognize it and cheer them on it will build them up is what the word says the next thing is words of encouragement. I'm going to try to use some, some, some scripture here. Uh, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Encourage others. Hey, well, you, you, you do you do a good job with that. You know, one thing I really love about you is you do this better than anyone I know. Say words that are going to, this is what Jesus did. He identified the good in people. He, I love, I don't have time. I love when Jesus saw Nathan sitting under a tree even before he was there and prophesied over him. Verse 15, words of healing. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. Speak healing. This was part of the great commission over our life. Don't condemn no, speak the potential that God can still heal. Let me just stop for a second. Are we people that believe that God can do anything? Yes. Can I get an amen? Maybe you just jump in with me for a second. Can God do anything? Yes. Yes. Then when there are situations arise that look doubtful, perfect opportunity to interject faith. Because yes. without faith, it's impossible to please God. We are people that believe in the impossible. Speak life. Another one that I think is important for me to just get out. Uh, speak words of faith. Abraham, uh, he, he, he spoke things that were not as though they were. And here's the last one that I just, I close with this. Rachel, would you come? Speak confession. I, I said this earlier because I think it matters about, about cleansing this thing. If we said yucky things, how much more should we say cleansing things? Just hear this because this is scripture and scripture changed our life. Amen? Confess your sins to each other and pray to each other that you may be healed. Earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I hear two things happening here. There is one person that is practicing powerful prayer over someone else. Pastor, I'm not good at that. You won't be good at that if you don't try. And by saying you're not good at that, congratulations, you're not. He called you to be a powerful prayer warrior. He called you to to, to be light of the world. This happens when we speak the light, when we speak life. Start, please, please, I I beg you, pray with someone in your life. The other thing I see in this verse is someone that's practicing confession. Confession happens both with people and with God. Please don't shortcut it. If you want to get this to look like Jesus, welcome people in your life that you can be honest with. This, this week, I, I, I met with a friend, and I said, hey, I, I, was, I was dumb with, with, with my wife. I said some stupid things. It's really good for you to say these things to people. And instantly, as I spoke it, I realized I'm not going to do that no more. Speak, confess, 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 confess. And then he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. What's going on in here? What are you looking at? What are you thinking on? What are you meditating on? Who is being touched by the wonderful wisdom that you've got going on here? Who is, who are you giving life to?